Ninja This is Michelangelo, aka Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. Hey, what's up? I'm Mike Templeton. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, we're going to do a podcast. Doing pretty good. Oh, man. Hey, let's, get pretty show, good. let's get the show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, what a, what a classic character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert for that. Uh, welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to let everything happen around us and just kind of do what people tell us. Like Ray. Great. So, uh, Spencer, what are we covering today? (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about episodes 23, 24, and 25 of season four of the 1987 cartoon. So that is Donatello Makes Time, uh, Farewell Lotus Blossom, and Rebel Without a Fin. Three... Not even absolute bangers. Uh, you know, I don't know. It there's a there's a lot, and I got I got a lot of anchovies for one of these. Um, but there is a clear winner out of the three, in my opinion. I I mean, for me, there was a clear winner too. But I don't know. For some reason, I'm skeptical now on on if we have the same clear winner. Oh, I know. We and we've you know historically have not had the same clear winner. So yeah, I'm interested. Uh, when I when I set out to find you know look for people who wanted to also be on this podcast, I wanted people that uh, didn't have the exact same opinions as me, and <laughs> and you certainly got that with me. I certainly got that with you. <laughs> um, I'm gonna run some numbers, crunch some formulas over here, and try and figure out which one I thought was the best while you two describe yours. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So when it gets to be uh, your turn, when we do our second time around, or anchovies, we'll see. Okay. But uh. While Keith is crunching those numbers, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So Donatello makes time. Episode, or season four, episode 23 of the 87 show. Original air date of October 20th, 1990. Written by Dennis Marks. Michelangelo, Raphael, and Leonardo watch eagerly as Donatello puts the finishing touches on his new device, which they believe to be a brand new pizza oven. Instead, it turns out to be a machine that can stop time. Anything that the machine is focused on will be frozen in time. The disinterest of the other three turtles irritates Donatello. Meanwhile, a mad scientist known as Professor Lloyd Cycloid floats through the sewers on a homemade raft. His goal, create a satellite that will turn the rest of the human race stupid so that he may dominate them with his massive intellect. While Dalantello is having a pizza with the others, Cycloid spots the time stopper and steals it. The turtles try to intercept him, but are zapped and frozen in place, hovering in the air. 
April covers the theft of a, the theft of a solid gold Egyptian statue, later revealed to be the material iridium. And Splitter recognizes the effect of the Time Stopper as he sees the turtles. He's horrified to find out the turtles are frozen in midair, but fortunately, they snap back to normal shortly thereafter. Cycloid then uses the Time Stopper a second time, this time to steal a powerful laser gun. April recognizes him from camera footage, and Donatello sets out on his new sewer ski to find Cycloid and reclaim his invention, leaving a trail of arrows for the others to follow. Cycloid and his stolen items arrive back at his long-abandoned home, shortly followed by Donatello. Donatello is then hit by the Time Stopper again. While he's frozen, Cycloid dangles him over a pool, a vast pool of toxic slime that will kill him if anyone opens the door. Despite his perilous situation, Donatello manages to sabotage Cycloid's laser device, causing it to blast out of the house. The other turtles follow Donatello's trail through the sewers and burst into the room where Donatello is suspended. Just before he can fall into the acidic slime, Leonardo uses the Time Stopper to save Donatello's life and proceeds to hand Cycloid over to the authorities. The priceless Egyptian relic is returned to the museum and presumably the laser ray is returned as well. The other turtles are in favor of trying to get rid of the Time Stopper, but Donatello is outraged by the idea. Raph responds by deliberately dropping the Time Stopper, destroying it, and a mournful Donatello laments that it might take years for him to fix it. The end. Riveting. They always are. They always are. Such riveting tales. All right. Next is mine. Uh, episode number 24. Farewell, Lotus Blossom. Okay. Written by David Wise. Uh, This episode was released October 27th of 1990. So the Turtles are on their way to see a movie when they run into some thieves making off with an urn. They chase them up a fire escape before the thieves drop it. The Turtles try to stop it from falling, but it seems to have a mind of its own, like it wants to fall. Raph catches it and cushions its fall. A monk runs up and lets them know that it is the urn of Chakahachi. It's said to be cursed, and multiple attempts have been made to steal it. The monk asks the turtles to take it into their care, and the turtles agree. While they take it down to the sewers, we learn that Shredder is the one behind the thefts of this urn, and he wants the urn for its great powers. He has another plan to get it, but Krang is now disinterested. So now he gets Bebop and Rocksteady to get the 3D hologram camera to appear as a ghost uh, to Lotus. So if you remember Lotus Blossom from earlier on in this uh, series, he now appears to her pretending to be a ghost from the Chakahachi clan. He claims that she is not masterless like she thought she was, but actually a descendant of the clan. And therefore, she needs to get that vase for him. She finds the turtles and starts attacking them and demanding the vase. To get her to stop her assault, they tell her they will take her to the vase in the sewer. Finally, they're able to explain everything and use Splinter's text to prove she's not actually descendant of the Chakahashi clan. It was all a trick. She couldn't see the person's face, but the voice of this ghost did sound familiar. Shredder realizes that he's going to need to send Bebop and Rocksteady to get the urn from Lotus after she takes it, and so he sends them to New York. Back at the lair, Lotus is crying because she doesn't feel like she fits in in the world, because she's from a past era, 
Splinter comes into the room with information on the story of the urn. It once belonged to a magician, Chakahachi. He could create pagodas with the wave of his hand. His urn is cursed because Chakahachi, Chakahachi was searching for his kidnapped wife when he died, so his spirit cannot rest until he finds her. Well, it's time to take the urn back to the monks, so they haul the vase up out of the sewers. Just as they emerge, Bebop and Rock City show up. They tussle over the vase, and eventually Bebop and Rock City drop it and shatter it. Out emerges the ghost of Chakahachi. He's been searching for his wife in a recreation of ancient Japan inside the urn, but a large pearl was removed from the urn, causing his, re his recreation of Japan to disappear. He will now turn the world into ancient Japan for him to search for her. Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello stay to distract the ghost while Leo and Lotus search for the pearl. Leo and Lotus hunt down the thieves that stopped that the turtle stopped at the beginning of the episode and chase them until the thieves throw the pearl into a pile of white onions. While looking for the pearl, Lotus finds happiness. She feels like she belongs right now. They find the pearl and go back to Chakahachi. When they present him with the pearl, he discovers that his wife's spirit is inside Lotus. He pulls his wife's spirit out and they return to his urn. Lotus is now happy to live in today's world and the city reverts to normal. The end. Astounding. All right. Next up, we have season four, episode 25. This is a rebel without a fin. Original air date, October 27th, 1990. Written by the great Michael Reeves. So Dr. Another Michael Reeves joint. We haven't Another. had one of those in a while. I know, right? Now, Dr. Polidorius is a mad scientist who is making fishmen because he thinks humankind needs to return to the sea. He uses his evolution machine to create Ray, a man-fish hybrid with the powers of multiple sea creatures, who he orders to set explosives in the sewers to sink New York into the ocean. Ray does, then he just kind of decides to go topside. April sees him sticking his head out of the sewers and assumes that he's one of the turtles. She follows but sees that he's a fish man. She calls the turtles as she's kidnapped by Ray. The turtles go looking for her because, again, she's dropped her turtle com as she got kidnapped. April's dropped off at the lab with Dr. Polidorius while Ray goes back out to set more explosives. In the sewer, Ray comes across the turtles and a fight ensues, but Ray easily overwhelms them with his electric eel powers. He then gets away by diving into the water and leaving an ink cloud behind him like an octopus. Back at the lab, April was able to set a transmitter to the same frequency as the turtle com, and Donatello is able to track the frequency to the lab. When they get there, Ray is able to overpower them again, and they're captured in an electric cage. Dr. Polidorius traps April in his evolution machine and turns her into a fish woman. Ray and the doctor get away, but luckily Raph is able to throw his side at the power source for their cage, and they escape. The turtles try to disarm all the bombs Ray has set up, but don't have time to disarm the last one. Luckily, April now has sonar since she's been mutated into a fish person, and she's able to track Ray and Dr. Polidorius to their new lair. Once there, the turtles fight Ray again, while Dr. Dr. Polidorius activates the last bomb, one, one that has been placed right under Donald Lofty's new condominiums, and they sink into the sea. The turtles are able to activate the floodgates for the underground layer and flush out Dr. Polidorius and make their way to Lofty's new condos. They make the doctor turn April back to normal and convince Donald Lofty to make the condos into a new state-of-the-art aquarium. 
Ray escapes into the ocean, finding peace in his new home. Uh, at the end, the turtles are back in their sewer layer, and Leonardo mentions they probably haven't seen the last of Ray. The end. Yeah. Just riveting. <laughs> riveting tales. Such riveting tales this week. The good news is I didn't fall asleep during any of them this week. I did a great job of staying awake, so... Good. I swore I fell asleep during the Lotus Blossom one. Oh. It just, and then, but then I like was like, wait, it did say written by David Wise at the beginning, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about David Wise stuff because, like, at, at this, at, at one on one hand, I feel like he actually tries to like kind of do new things that kind of like maybe possibly could add a lore to the universe, and like he actually like takes previous characters sometimes and builds on them. Like, if I was to give anyone credit for, like, trying to kind of do something with this, it's him. But at the same time, he has so much going on in every episode. And it's yeah. usually not all, like, tied together the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I yeah. agree. He's very hit or miss for me sometimes. Because, like, some of the later season episodes, like, uh, like he did, like, Night of the Rogues and uh, Thirk Savage Mutant Hunter. And those are both, like, really, really good episodes. But he's also got a lot of episodes like this, where it's just, like... Like he just had like post-it notes all over his wall and just like grabbed four or five of them and was like, yeah, that's a story. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, okay, the urn, there's something going on with it. You're like waiting for the payoff and then it's like, and there's Japan inside this urn. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So much gets added on top of his stuff. But anyway. And like, and like seemingly at the last minute, like it, it, it's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's pacing. I guess maybe some of the problem is pacing. That's what makes it feel like so much of it's flying you on. Some of this maybe would benefit from like being like a two-parter or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it in our second time around. I don't have anything in the second time around for 23 for Donatello takes time. So Uh, no Shredder or Crane in that episode. Yeah. So Mm. there's two episodes here that just don't have Shredder and Crane. Yeah. Rebel without a fin doesn't either. Yeah, that's all I had for Don until next time. There wasn't a whole lot else. Yeah, like there's there there wasn't like a whole lot. Like there weren't really any callbacks to other episodes in Donatello uh, makes time. Uh, one thing I did like is that Doctor Cycloid, uh, or sorry, Professor Cycloid, hmm. uh, his voice actor is the same one who played Fenton Crackshell on the original Ducktales. Hmm. Uh, who I just, that's one of my favorite characters of all time. So Gizmo, the original Gizmo Duck in DuckTales. Nice. I like, I heard it immediately and I was like, huh. Uh, so that was Hamilton Camp. Moving on to Fa- Farewell Lotus Blossom. Uh, the weapon that Bebop uses to trap Lotus is the, it looked familiar and Turtlepedia confirms it. It's the same one that he used on Yusagi and Yusagi Kamal. Okay. Oh, who knows? Yeah, I have written yeah. this is Lotus's second appearance, for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but she only really really appears in this series unless she's in Adventures. Nope. And I I was trying to crunch the numbers. It looks like it's been like forty three episodes since her last appearance. Wow. Yeah, I can't I mean, believe we've done that I, much. I know. Like I remember our first one about it. Um, holy, this is in the middle holy. of season three just that many um 
The other thing is I kind of wonder, I mean, it could all just be coincidence or maybe there's a part of like Japanese mythology that people have been pulling this from, but I kind of doubt that part. But there is some like parallels of Chagahachi and the Demon Shredder with like Demon Shredder turning the entire world into like his own twisted version of like ancient Japan. That's like his own demon hellscape kind of place. And then Chagahachi in this is turning the whole world into ancient Japan. And, you know, he was once trapped and now freed. So I kind of wonder if maybe it was inspired by this episode. I highly doubt it. Okay. Well, wouldn't it be but, cool if it was? But it would it be, be cool. cool if it, was? it would be cool if it was. <laughs> but I highly doubt it. <laughs> All right. But it would be, but it would be cool. Um, let's see. This episode, Lotus Blossom, we got three things. One, we have a new outfit for the turtles. They uh, they dress up like backpackers, which is an odd choice since you can still see their faces. But but also whatever. like the backpacks are so huge. I know. Too. Like, well, uh, weren't they going to the movies or something? Yeah, they were going to the movies. <laughs> you guys then, like don't wear a backpack someone... into the movies like that big? No. I oh. mean, not that big. I've taken my backpack to the movies. Um, they they go to a Gorgonzola movie, which we know Gorgonzola from what that one uh Bebop and Rock study conquered the universe, right? Yeah. So it's nice that like they there's a callback to you know Gorgonzola, it's a film series in this one. Right. Um there was a uh oh, God. oh no, that's 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 one of my anchovies. Okay. Uh no, no, actually it's not an anchovy. Uh the scene where Leonardo and Lotus Blossom are uh, are uh, going through the onions looking for the pearl. It's like the wide shot. It's it's Leonardo and, and her, and then like the close up shot of Leonardo talking. It switches to like a red bandana. Yeah, well, that was that was throughout all these episodes. There were several moments where people... was it okay. This is the only one that like stuck out to me because it was such a long animation error. Yeah, there, there were quite a few in uh, in Rebel Without a Fin. At least that I saw, like, there was one where he just, like, I don't know if it was Donatello or Leonardo, but one of them, like, their band suddenly turned blue or purple for, like, a little bit, and then they go back, mm. and it, it was all over the place. Uh, and then I thought it was funny that Donatello, um, when when they're first talking about, like, the legend and all that, Donatello uh, says that ghosts are a scientific impossibility when uh, he's met Shibano. The founder of the Foot Clan. That's right. Bonosama. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, Donatello uh either completely forgot or I hope someone was fired for that blunder. <laughs> there was a nice little callback in this episode that Crane mentions uh Shredder's porcelain collection, which we learned about him collecting porcelain back in uh, possibly the worst episode ever. Mr. Odd goes to town. Yeah, like that was that was a really funny callback too, yeah. and I'm glad I'm glad I caught it too because I was like, ha. Um, I also noticed the 3D hologram camera that they used to trick Lotus Blossom. It's actually just a Channel Six camera. Yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but like, <laughs> yeah. it's like like they didn't have time to make like a new prop. They were just like, hey, just put a camera on it, man. It's for kids. <laughs> I'll never know the difference. Yeah. But you know, years later when scrutinized by a <laughs> yeah, by, adult, by jaded adults. By, yeah, by by three nerds on a podcast. Like this this doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Right. Uh but that was that was everything I noticed in that one too. Yeah, same. 
Uh, Rebel Without a Fin. Obviously, Ray is supposed to be a stand-in for Ray Filet. Yeah. Ryan Ray. Yeah. yeah, so apparently Ryan Brown, who created Ray Filet, um, opposed to Ray Filet being the villain in this one because Ray's a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently enough production had already started and I think the voice work had already done, which is why they had to keep him named Ray. Yeah. Rather than just re-recording the line, which is typically what they would do. So I don't know. I don't know if production was moving super fast that they couldn't do that. Um, but Ray himself is just a lot of altered like Manta Ray person. Because like there's even one point where like he he swims like Ray Filet would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Brown and Steve Murphy, Murphy must have started losing that fight because, like, obviously they didn't use Ray Filet, but like, we nut and Shkrulu show up and they're villains, and Mondo Gecko shows up and he's a villain initially. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. all the creations they made for adventures that come to this show are like all villains, which I, I always find funny because, like, supposedly Fred Wolf like sued, well, not supposedly they sued Mirage Studios for like some of the. The rights to Ninja Turtles because they claimed that they like created, you know, so much of the of the lore and stuff like that. I've even heard people say like, "Oh, so much of the lore comes from the '87 series." But like the most memorable characters and the toy line and everything else, and even the most memorable designs of those characters, all come from the Art Adventures book. Yeah, yeah. like no well, one, and- no one remembers the slash design of this series. Everyone remembers the one from Adventures exactly yeah same with ray like no one remembers this version like the one everyone knows is the toy which was from adventures Mm -hmm. well even like adventures couldn't use the scripts from this show because that's why like the first like there's a mini series that starts adventures that's like the first season Uh and like the first four issues of the ongoing series are just adaptations of this show but then like very quickly it pivots to being its own thing because like the people who worked on the show were like hey you can't just like copy our scripts but like clearly they had no problem just like aping characters and making them villains so yeah yeah. it's just funny because there's i don't know like leatherhead mondo gecko wingnut and screw loose like these ones that you're getting action figures from from neca and most of them were created in adventures which is interesting you know it's a lot of the stuff that you find the most memorable from this series and the people are looking for actions for action figures for came from somewhere else uh you know came from either adventures or the mirage comics yeah like i think there's like the exception of the neutrinos you know the neutrinos came from this series you know the channel six news crew yeah you know, yippee but <laughs> <laughs> all the regular people um let's see the only other note i have for this again no shredder crank but uh did you know the title is a uh... Reference to Rebel Without a Cause. What? I had no idea. No. Yeah, Watch of out. course. I that. Which is, it's it's weird. I mean, I mean, all these titles are weird, like weird uh, puns on like more famous work. But it's like he's not really a rebel. Is he it... has fans. Yeah, he has fans. That's the part that gets me. He's not really, yeah, he's not really a rebel because he's doing what the professor says. And yeah, he seems to do it like reluctantly. Anyway, I feel like we're kind of heading into anchovy territory. Maybe let's just jump yeah, into so those. Yeah, so let's just huh? jump into those. Speaking of fins, let's get into anchovies. 
No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. So for yeah, the first one, 23, uh, the turtles go to handle an, an intruder because an alarm goes off and don't return. And Splinter doesn't even bother to like go see why his sons yeah. did not come back. It's like it's like a good half hour before yeah. Splinter like shows up. It's, it's long like, enough that the guy gets away with the machine, robs a museum with it. It gets reported on on the news that night, and Splinter's like, "Oh man, I should go check on the turtles." <laughs> it's not even I yeah. should go check on the turtles. It's like, oh wow, this seems all like Donatello's invention. I should go ask him. <laughs> Holy shoot, they've been frozen. <laughs> Donatello, did you sell your invention to a weirdo? Oh my god! <laughs> See, I, I had that written down as an I love thing because it reminds me of like the Splinter that randomly like challenged is Leonardo to a skateboard contest or just goes taken off with a basketball like Splinter's losing it man he's getting yeah. old <laughs> yeah that um, was that was pretty dumb yeah. uh, it, this is more of just kind of a general one but we had two mad science episodes in a row yeah yeah man like there have been so many mad scientists like and we know they have Barney Stockman just like hanging out somewhere yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like use him again. Use him, yeah. Yeah, if only they didn't. I don't know. Take the you know root mad scientist character and turn him into a fly and make him crazy and stuck in another dimension and just a henchman of Shredder. You know, then maybe we could have I don't know a mad scientist character to <laughs> yeah right do this stuff and be another iconic villain for the Ninja Turtles instead of just generic mad scientist after generic mad scientist. Well and like I mean, why, to be fair, why was lloyd cycloid in the sewer in the first place he still got a lab and on top of that like he steals a time machine and a laser that cuts through titanium he's like nah, i'm gonna use these to make my satellite like you have everything you need a time machine and a laser that cuts through titanium what else do you need i don't know it's also the, the fact that donatello just has the supplies to make a machine that can stop time and they all think it's a pizza like, oven. And and well, I mean that, and but like that he has all the equipment to make a machine that can stop time, like localized stop time too. Like I can point it at like my dog and like stop her right from doing anything. And he like had all these materials in the sewer. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, in Rise of the Teenage Mutant Turtles, he has a bow staff that can just like create matter essentially <laughs> i mean no because it's all compact in there okay it's very yeah. cleverly designed uh, yeah. uh -huh. okay but no it's i mean it's, it's always it's always been funny to me that donatello like every donatello is guilty of this where they oh, have sure. like access to all of this like life-changing technology like in the sewer every cartoon donatello i would say but yes yeah I mean, like even just flushed a uh, flux capacitor. No, I mean, down even the, the even the movie Donatello's, you know, eventually, like the first trilogy does. Yeah, like it's never um, implied where they get it from. I so much of this episode is them just like racing around on the sewer ski. As far oh, as I, I know, like that wasn't a toy even. So, like, why are they why are they doing that? 
it probably was going to be one and then got like axed or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But they spend so much time on those jet skis. So, yeah. It felt like half the episode was them just like running on jet skis, which like jet skis are awesome, but like animated jet skis, not so much, you know? Animated jet skis in the sewers with no one chasing anyone or anything like really exciting going on other than like, we got to get there fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Five minutes of them just driving through the sewers on their jet skis. It definitely feels like filler. You know, maybe that's what it was more than anything. We don't have enough. Yeah, like they were just they were just padding out the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those those sewers. I mean, because they they don't look bad, and like they're definitely toyetic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they uh, as far as I know, they never got made. This episode also has like my least favorite trope of this entire series. And they use it all the time where it's like, oh, it's not a gold helmet. It's Duridium or like it's not a diamond. It's, yeah. it's a boron. It's not marble. It's supercharged. It's unobtainium. Yeah, exactly. They use it all the time. Is anything in the turtles world like what it looks like? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it. It's, it's my least favorite trope. Yeah. And, and then like what's annoying is that like it really doesn't affect the episode much. Mm-hmm. Cause like I looked away for like a lot of this episode. Um, you missed a lot of good sewer jet ski racing. I, yeah, I missed a lot of sewer <laughs> sewer ski. Um, but like I looked away for for a lot of this episode, and like I feel like I didn't miss anything. I just assumed that that's what he was stealing. Like was the Egyptian head, and then I was just kind of it. I was like, all right, well. Well, it, no, it's it's much dumber than that. He was stealing the Egyptian head so that he could cut the helmet off of it so that he could wear the helmet to protect him from his own evil, uh, stupid-causing satellite. Yeah, what, what, so what was a satellite? Because I remember him just saying like, he had a crazy invention you know, that he was making, and that's why he needed this stuff. It, it just like, felt so generic. It was just like, I need this stuff for my... Yeah, he mentioned it's called the cycloid satellite, and it will make everyone else stupid. But that's why he needs the helmet is to wear that so that he doesn't become stupid. Oh, but like, okay, okay. to what end is questionable? Okay, well, I think he missed the plan too. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's all I have for Don Tillman next time. Yeah, like there's there's not a lot to not like about this episode. It it's just. It's not like one of the better episodes of the series. So, no. yeah, it's just pretty bland. That's kind of all it is. Um, the next episode, Farewell Lotus Blossom. I, <laughs> the only entry I've written down is just all caps. What? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I was just so stupefied I couldn't even write anything down because so much happened at the very end. <laughs> so, mine is. Spencer, you can go first. You may, mine might be the same as yours. <laughs> I don't uh, want to go under the bus, but Lotus' accent is terrible. It is uh, so bad. It's no, kind of no. tied in with yours. Uh, we've talked about it before, where they have, uh, like POC characters on the show, and they're not played by people of that race, and they are very much stereotypes mm-hmm. i feel like this episode got really bad oh yeah and really like the only uh the only diversity on the show is the black guy that got to play the asian guy 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and again, we said it before, it was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it there's no ill intent by anybody. Like they're just they're voice actors paid to do these characters. Yeah. But like Chakahachi at one point says Rotus Brossom. Yeah. It, and I it's really I like bad. I physically cringed. <laughs> I was like, oh no. And so I'm looking at it and it's Pat Fraley as Chakahachi. Um uh, Rob as the urn, like the guy who owns the urn at the beginning of the episode. Uh-huh. Um, it's just all of them just doing horribly, you know, unintentionally racist accents. Yeah, is is Lois Blossom? Is that Renee Jacobs? That's uh, Renee yeah. Jacobs too. Okay. So yeah. it's like her too. But the thing about Lotus's voice, like her accent, is that it's not even like it's not even a good stereotypical accent. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> yeah. I. Renee Jacobs can't even is like tell what she's trying to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really it's really weird. It's like, like counter accent. stereotype. <laughs> it's I mean yeah, but also at the same time like it's not believable as an accent. It's just bad. Like there's there's no no going around it. She cannot do even a stereotypical Asian accent. <laughs> it is what it is. But it just yeah, not good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it was just ugh. yeah. Like it, it was it was hard to get through. Um and then also like it it even doubles down on it even more so when they go to like the they go to that part of the city with like all the samurai people and it's like or um no everything's being transformed into like Yeah, like everybody everybody's being transformed into like you know stereotypical Japanese samurai guys with the top knots and like the, the shaved heads and it's like oh my gosh like yeah. there's more to japan than just this look we're turning it into ancient japan so i mean there is that but no I, I i get that like he's turning it into ancient japan but it's just like there's more to ancient japan than that look yeah no that's fair and it's like and it's like there were no there were no like women too like it was all that everybody got turned into like samurai <laughs> that's funny like i'm not saying there needs to be geishas or anything but it's like come on (laughs) yeah no i get you but yeah the other thing to me was like in this episode like after they convince her that she's not part of the chakahachi clan all of a sudden it just feels like out of nowhere she's now just like crying and being like i don't fit in in the world like i'm i'm from a different era i just feel all so alone here and she's just like suddenly sad about it. it feels like it's out of nowhere yeah, like, like I don't remember right, that. Yeah. I mean, granted, she's only been in one other episode. She has. So it's like I yeah. don't remember her that being a major part of her motivation of like I'm alone. Uh-huh. I, yeah, because she was just like a hired gun with a nose gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of, I kind of had you know, for me, it felt like it like came out of nowhere. I mean, most of this episode came out of nowhere, but that was like another thing in there that was like. I mean, I, I guess I'd probably get into I Love Being a Turtle. Like, it's, I think it was a good idea. It just wasn't executed very well. But anyway. I mean, like we said before, like, there's, I don't believe there was any ill intent mm-hmm. uh, on the part of anybody. I think they just wanted to write a silly cartoon. And it's like, oh, well, we have Ninja Turtles. Like, we have to put some Japanese stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, also, the show was made very cheaply, which is why it uses the same, you know, 10 voice actors. Yeah. 
So like I get it, but it's just it's just not a good look, especially like watching it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Why did Shredder want the vase? The power. Okay. Okay. I was, <laughs> like I was kind of tired when I watched this one, but I'm like I know Shredder was in it, but like why though? I think he's maybe gonna somehow use Chagahachi inside his vase to do something. Yeah, because like I don't even remember what Shredder's plan was. Like he just wanted he wanted the vase because like he knew the legend of Chakahachi. Do you think maybe he was just literally in it for the porcelain? He's like, this will be great in my collection. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's I mean, that's that's what Krang assumes, and that's like that's the best joke. I mean, yeah, that's actually I don't know. I'll, I'll put that under my I love. We'll, we'll circle like, back around to that. Yeah, like, but like, so when Krang like calls him out on it, like, but then like, okay, so then Shredder dresses up as Chakahachi, which he doesn't dress up as Chakahachi because when we see Chakahachi, he looks incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we never really find out what shredder's plan is afterward because like i forget he just disappears from the episode after that yeah you're just gonna get a red collector's item you know hmm. and it's like and the turtles like never even take anything back to the urn the urn collector like the guy just needed them to watch it for like a couple hours like why did the turtles have to take it home why didn't they just leave like just go back to his place and that was another thing it's like they're walking down the street and like they're going to that movie yeah they're recognized immediately and they're recognized <laughs> immediately they, they even make a point to say how they have these new outfits these new disguises yeah. and, and then like the, and then like the urn the, the urn guy is like oh i would love if the teenage mutant ninja turtles helped me out yeah <laughs> it's like your it's disguises crazy. don't work at all, guys. <laughs> and the city knows who these guys are. Yeah, they were on the news. Like because even April says it. Yeah. Like on the news. Boy. This episode. Anyway. Yeah. We're ready for Rebel Without a Fin. Rebel Without a Fin. Um, I have no idea what rob was going for on that voice on on that choice for voice for ray um for ray oh actually it wasn't it wasn't uh rob i thought it was rob paulson it was actually pat fraley oh really huh he's doing like a like a what was that animaniacs with the pigeons the good pigeons the good feathers good feathers that was it yeah like one I mean, of those like, guys it's it's like similarly. it's like a greaser mobster like hey what you like new york like kind of yeah. like hey what you doing hey, hey, hey. like but it's like for it, it there's no like energy in that voice Mm-mm. it's like it's a horrible cartoon voice yeah um it's like there's no energy in it it's just kind of like it's hard to understand a little bit and it's not like it none of the deliveries are funny. It, I just I have no idea what he was going for. I know to yeah. me though, like almost everything in this episode feels stiff. Like from the animation to a lot of like the movement and the dialogue. Oh like, yeah. Like a lot of it just didn't like a lot of it just felt stiff and like really like stilted and 
it just wasn't a very well made episode. It was a very yeah. it was a very cheaply made episode. Um, yeah, it felt like someone's first time directing, maybe or something. Which we've also kind of <laughs> gone. I mean, we we've gone through a lot of animation companies too. Um, you know, this season and and like the last couple episodes have been pretty well animated. Like Lotus Blossom was okay, but like Donatello Makes Time was one of the Japanese teams again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so well, it looked. This really was Murakami Wolf Swinson said at the end. It it uh, the that's the producer of the show. Oh, it's not the. It's it's not the animation. Okay. Company. All right. Sometimes I see Dublin at the end. Still. Yeah. But, yeah. Or maybe this was a Japanese episode, and they just it was definitely like the C team. Who knows? <laughs> probably Jason over at Turtle Recall. He, he probably knows. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, it it this definitely was one of the like the worst looking. Yeah, in my it, opinion. it looked like a like a season three episode, like, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say because it's not that much better. But like something about it just looked really. Yeah, it looked like a I don't know, like one of the really bad ones, like the one where April April becomes the princess. Speaking oh, of April, yeah. she drops her freaking turtle com again. Like every time she gets kidnapped, she's dropping that com. They can they can track you. Hold on to the damn thing, Jesus. That's another. This these three episodes hit on like most of the tropes I hate about this show. <laughs> the ones that they just lean into a little too hard. I know it's like April drops her communicator. The thing isn't the thing that you think it is. Like, yeah, evil scientist. I don't know. Also, can I just say like I can I can believe Ray can you know since he's a mutant and he's strong can kidnap April and take her, but then he leaves and it's just her and the scientist and he doesn't have her at gunpoint or anything. April could totally take that scientist. Like she could oh, yeah. totally take that dude. Like she's yeah. like a whole like like t- like three feet taller than him. You know, yeah, I've played Shredder's Revenge. April can kick the <laughs> shit out of it. Well, and like he lets her out of the machine and just like lets her out for like five minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Find and her then, hands, dude. Yeah, he like he like gets her. He's like, oh, let me fi- let me fix the thing in the back. And like, so he like crawls inside of it, and then she like has enough time to. Uh, do the frequency thing so that the turtles can track her again and she's like playing it off like oh I'm just hanging out here trying to put on some music and like you totally could have just punched him yeah yeah she could but I think I think part of it is like April's desire for a story because we know we always know how hungry she is for a story so she I think she puts herself in these situations maybe either way gotta make news right? I will hold yeah firmly. yeah I can't because remember it was remember it was a slow news day Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not wrong but despite her not being able to fight she could totally take that guy and she should have yeah like like she should have just saying like she doesn't even have to know how to fight I, I doubt either of them do but she's like a freaking amazon she's like bigger than half the people in the show more than half yeah she she's as tall as shredder yeah, yeah. She, she's in the 90th percentile for sure <laughs> <laughs> of this show she could take that little tiny science scrunny scientist yeah totally also, there's no reason for Ray to like listen to or follow the doctor in the first place. Like he sounds like reluctant, like he doesn't want to do it. And then he's just like, Yeah, I'll do it. And then he like continues to sound like he doesn't want to do it. But then the scientist is just like, do it. And he's like, okay. Yeah, like, like there's no motivation. There's no motivation. For Ray. Yeah. Like Ray is just so like ambivalent to everything. He just like he doesn't care. Yeah. So it's like I guess I guess that's why he's the rebel without a fin, you know. Like he, but he like never really rebels against the doctor either. And he has fins. 
Also, I like how we just keep saying the doctor because we can't remember this guy's name to say it's poly. It's it's polyester. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, uh, polyurethane. Polyamorous. Pollyanna. That was an annoying bit too. I I mean, I I didn't mind it. That that one that one's actually one of my. But I feel like they actually Doctor Polidorius. I feel like they actually took some of these bits and moved them over to 2012. They used it on Baxter Stockman instead of this guy. And also at one point they called Ray Fishface, uh, like, like April did. Hmm. So I wonder if that's how they got the name for Zever as well in the 2012 series was from her calling him Fish. Fishface is a common thing to call, like make fun of people with. Um, oh, I, I think what I didn't, what I, another thing I didn't like was like, so Ray is a fish turned into a man. Maybe. Maybe. He doesn't really seem he doesn't seem to have any like human like qualms about anything. Uh but yeah, then April is April is a human turned into a fish. And it's like, what is what exactly is the doctor's plan here? Are you making fish people? Are you turning fish in, or people into fish? All like, the above. Pick, pick a lane, buddy. As many fish people as he can to rule over after he sinks New York City. Although he himself not a fish person. Yeah. Like, you kind of think that, like, you would be the first one. Yeah. Or, you know, fifth? Like, yeah, you got to work the kinks out, maybe. But, like, at the point that you're already ready to take over the entire planet with fish people, you think you would yourself be a fish person yeah and he like goes straight for like april o'neill mm-hmm. oh well i think it's enough uh hemming and hawing over these episodes so before we move on let's hear it what, what what's y'all's favorite episode of these three spencer you first rebel without a fin really yep i i have like so many anchovies for it but at the same time it's the only one that like it actually felt different from the other episodes despite having a generic mad scientist it just i don't know kept my attention more than the other ones did how about you mike uh donatello makes time okay okay uh i liked it a lot the animation carried it a lot for me um also hamilton camp as uh professor cycloid it like he his name is Hamilton Camp. He's a great campy actor. Um, so he was just he was just a pleasure to listen to. But I mean, again, I'm already biased because he played Fenton Crackshell on DuckTales. So I like that a lot. Um, but again, like the animation really, really carried Donatello Makes Time. Um, and I mean, to me, it, it felt different too. Like it wasn't a mutant of the week kind of thing it was it was genuinely a little interesting um so out of the three like again these three episodes are not bangers at all but donatello makes time is my favorite of the three i think i have to go with rebel without a fin as well just because i like the trivia that it's supposed to be ray filet and really no other reason but should we jump into what we liked about these episodes I think so. Oh, I love being a turtle. So my, my biggest note for 23 is props for doing something different than Shredder Krang. 
going at it you know like we have a scientist yeah. showing up and stealing an invention it, it was different and I, I will take my hat off to them for that i liked that don left directions while he was on his jet ski because i feel like so many times like the turtles just happen to know where to go like in this one they actually point out like oh donatello left us little arrows well, as he was well, on his also jet. like as we just saw like in uh funny they shrunk michelangelo like they often don't leave directions for each other or like yeah. notes saying, Hey, I'm going to be here. You know, cause how many times do they ask, where's Michelangelo gone? Or when they do leave notes, it's when Leonardo has a bad dream and quits the team. Yeah. So like <laughs> it, we at least know that Donatello is the responsible one. here, Right. Yeah. But also, because like it's funny, because with that arrows thing, when they jumped on the jet skis, I was ready. I was ready to be like, are they just going to just know where to go? Like I was ready to criticize it. And then I saw the actually like showed up to and saw the arrows and they were like, Oh, he left arrows. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll sit back down. <laughs> Good on you guys. Sit back down. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for that one. Yeah, same here. Uh Lotus Blossom, I actually don't have anything good written down yeah i got nothing good about this episode it's for me i do kind of like so i criticized earlier that it came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. it could have been handled better but lotus not fitting in since she's like a ninja feudal japan in the modern world is kind of an interesting idea because like it does flesh out the idea that like yeah she doesn't really this is a modern world and she's very much like an ancient ninja like so it kind of like addresses that in a way and could really do something to develop her character and we're kind of, you know, like to make her go more in another direction. And so, and it kind of does flesh her out a little bit, you know, you get to see that she is more of a person with feelings and that, you know, she kind of has like, you know, her own problems kind of thing. So I kind of did like that for her as a side character. It wasn't handled the best because it just kind of happened out of nowhere, but it's a good idea. See, what, I, I w- what I wish had happened was because what annoyed me about it was that she like Chakahachi's like oh you're my, the soul of my long dead wife is inside of you mm-hmm. and then like he pulls it out he pulls the soul out of her and then um, like they go they go fly away and then like he kind of just leaves Lotus there yeah and it's like why not just make Lotus like the wife and like just turn her into you know your long lost wife instead of like ripping the soul out because then like then lotus like still kind of just has the same problems she just now doesn't have that 400 year old soul in her yeah how'd you get that soul in her anyway do we know i mean we don't know okay okay. i mean this is ninja turtles like we already know reincarnations thing and um I don't, I don't care about that. I just I just think it would have worked better because then it's like, because this is Lotus's last appearance too. So it's like, you assume that she just decided I'm going to go work in a menial office job <laughs> instead of being a ninja now. Yeah. Went from, it, went from it wasn't, throwing shuriken to owning a Sam's Club membership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of my thing is like, it isn't, it wasn't well executed. Like I, I can't write that enough, but it is a good idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were kind of playing around with it and like trying to communicate that with her, like 
instantly kind of accepting the idea that she might be in a clan when she previously thought she was Ronin. Like she's looking for a place where she belongs kind of thing. It's like she instantly accepts that. And then after she learns that she's not a part of that clan, she then that's kind of when you see her crying and being like, man, I don't feel like I fit in in this world. It's like, I feel like they were dancing around the idea, but it just never like felt like it was leading to it or like there was no connection there. And so I like that for the character and it kind of is a chance for good character development, even if they didn't capitalize on it. No compliment for that, that idea. Yeah, I guess. Cool. cool. Uh, Rebel without a fin. I do like that they at least call out that there's a, another mad scientist. Yeah, like I think that, Raphael says that. Yeah, because honestly, same. Yeah. Uh, I actually liked the run the running gag on how they kept getting his uh, Doctor Polidorius's name wrong. Mm. Uh, I I thought it was funny. I did like that Polidorius was actually able to successfully set off one of his bombs. Like so often the villains on this show are just so completely like their plans are so completely devastatedly ruined. Yeah. Nothing happens. But he actually, he actually had a modicum of success. Yeah. I, I actually uh, kind of liked Ray having like powers, you know, like he had like shocky powers and some, like he could shoot some quills and things like that. It was kind of cool for him to have like a kind of a set of powers that he could use that made it kind of more superhero-y and, and kind of fun that way. I thought that was pretty cool. Because yeah. those are those are kind of the same powers that Ray has, right? I think Ray's just kind of super strong. Oh, okay. I don't think he has like aquatic electricity powers or anything. And the first time he used electricity power, I was like, what the heck is going on? But at least they explained it. I was like, what? yeah. I mean, and it was also <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere. He just like shoots him with electricity. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, like it was. It was also kind of weird to like how April had dolphin powers. Like, like are you are you doing fish people or are you doing mammal? You know, aquatic mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Leo's line. It just made me laugh. Uh, Leo's line at the end of the episode. He's like, "Well, I bet we'll see Ray again." They never do. They never do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If there's one thing this show fails to do more than anything, it's like build on stuff that came before it. Like they you will maybe see characters like a maximum of like two episodes for most of them. You know, usually most of them is just one, but like on the off chance that it's more than one, it's usually just two. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. That's the craziest part of all this to me. Like I like growing up, I, I liked Mondo Gecko because I like I had the toy, I had the comics, and I remembered the episode he was in. But like I'm amazed to find he's only in two episodes out of like 200. It's insane. Well, I mean, yeah, Mona Lisa, another like yeah, one legacy episode. character, one episode. Yeah, it, it's yeah, like they they actually did have a few characters that you could kind of like. Mona Lisa is probably like one of the most iconic creations to come out of this series so far that I've seen, and she's only in one episode. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Madness. it's like i'm glad i'm glad they've brought her back in other versions of turtles but it's just wild to me that like yeah she's only in one episode of 87 and yeah. it's like that's her most well-known version what do they even do for the other 192 episodes if she's only in one episode exactly <laughs> so uh i think that's everything we have to say about these three um so shall we get into the news 
Yeah, let's talk yeah. about it. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. All right, so getting into the news, um, uh, we talked about the Rex One reveal last week. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up soon, so that means there are other reveals that are going to be happening, so not one to sit out a chance to make money off the Ninja Turtles. Playmates has announced that they are going to be doing another collab series, this time with the popular Netflix TV show, Stranger Things. Hmm. so coming to uh target in a couple weeks uh probably i think a week after this uh episode drops um you can go to target and they should hopefully have pictures by then of the stranger things cross teenage Mutant Ninja turtles collab i don't know man <laughs> i you know I'll, I'll stick up for playmates when they're when they're doing good stuff but i'm i'm really scared about this at least like their Street Fighter crossover and the Cobra Kai crossover, like those are at least other martial artists. But like the only I guess there are other they're teenagers. Like the Maybe? only connection here is you know that I mean one they're teenagers, but, but like they're both '80s properties. Like Stranger Things is set in the '80s, but it, oddly it, enough, like Stranger Things like takes place before Ninja Turtles was the thing. So yeah, well they're both. Well, it was. It takes place around when the comics came out. Because I'm pretty sure one of like some. I think. I think, I think this latest season is 1985. Yeah. So like, okay. it's so it's like every every season has been like a year. So it's like this would be. And remember, these kids are from like Middle America. So like they wouldn't really know about Ninja Turtles until the show in '87. Yeah, probably. So, like, because I don't know, I don't know what the distribution on the original comic was back then. Like, they might have heard of it, but I don't think they would have been able to get a hand, get their hands on a copy just yet. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I mean, who is buying the Cobra Kai and Street Fighter packs? Like, I mean, some people are. Um, I mean, you know, Karate Kid fans maybe like. I mean, these figures did go on clearance as toys do. So a lot of people are like, oh, they didn't sell. It's like, they probably sold enough. You know, I can't imagine these were incredibly expensive to make. Um, but this whole thing does reek of Playmates just flexing their control over the Turtles license. You know, being able to do all these things while NECA and Super 7 have to like jump through hoops to make figures. So yeah. like, it 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 sucks in a way, but I mean, like they could make this cool um, if they if they go a certain route and like kind of play into the eightiesness of it and do like really cool new versions of the um, of like the vintage turtles, like the original figures. Because one of the things you know the the original toy line was known for was was its crossovers. You know the original Universal Monsters, the Star Trek figures. Like, how cool would it be if they did the turtles as the characters from Stranger Things? Like, that would be really cool. Yeah. So right now, all we know is that 
The only thing we know is the words Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things, right? Yeah. So yeah. right now, yeah. So this is all just heavy speculation on my part because I'm trying to find a silver lining. I don't think that will happen, um, but I would be happily surprised if that was the route that Playmates went. But to wait and uh, see. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. So hopefully, after this episode drops next uh, next week, we should hopefully have some more news about that. Uh, just announced yesterday um, from IDW, uh, GamesRadar.com had the exclusive reveal for a new limited miniseries for uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday Morning Adventures is a new four-issue miniseries, uh, which is going to be set in the 1987 continuity. So kind of hot off the heels of Shredder's Revenge, kind of striking while that, I- that iron is hot. Um we're getting a new book. And I know oh, cool. Spencer's excited. Yeah. <laughs> Love it's written that 87. By, it's written by, uh, is it Eric Burnham? So it's written by Eric Burnham and drawn by Tim Lottie. Um, Eric Burnham is, we've, uh, when we interviewed Tom last year, he was telling us about uh, how great Eric Burnham was. Um, I loved Eric Burnham on the Ghostbusters book um, yeah. from IDW. He's also and, written like the Ninja Turtles Ghostbuster crossover and like Shredder mm-hmm. and Hell and um, yeah, like Secret History of Foot Clan. So he's written some good books. Yeah, like this is this is a very good thing to be excited about if you like '87 Ninja Turtles. Like these this these are two guys who get that version of Turtles. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm riding a high right now because Shredder's Revenge was fun. Um, and this is a pretty good creative team that I would love to see them do really cool stuff with. Uh, I am a little worried about what could potentially happen with this book and like they could try to make the 87 Ninja Turtles into something that they're not like, not can't be fun. Kind of like how the Power Rangers books uh, kind of went where they kind of lost the campy feel and it got too gritty and just not for me kind of thing. But there's people who love that. Like I, I've heard a lot of people love those Power Ranger books. They're, you know? they're good. It's just, yeah. it kind of loses the soul of Power Rangers a little bit. Okay. Um, well, they've only got four issues to work with. So but they, they've only got four issues to work with here too. But I mean, this definitely could be a springboard for uh, an ongoing 87 comic book because that's kind of all the rage right now. Like, you know, X Men uh, has an animated sequel, or has a comic book to the animated series. Um, then there was like the Batman sixty six comic, and I think there's currently the Batman eighty nine comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there, there's potential for that. And like I said, Ghostbusters was set right after Ghostbusters two in the video game. So like there's there's definitely like a market for that kind of stuff. So I, I could see that potentially springboarding into a full series. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Like I'm, I'm stoked. I really liked him. Lottie as an artist. Mm. Uh, I think he does fantastic work. Uh, we posted the first picture that uh, showed up on our social. So you can go check that out make it a wallpaper. Cause it is, it's perfectly wallpaper sized. <laughs> um, but it's got like Toka, Razar, um, Bebop, Rocksteady, the usuals, and then like Round Chuck and uh, Dirtbag, who I really like and was happy to see them. 
Yeah, I more mean, characters to show up in only one episode. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, but I I don't know. For me, it's one of those things where like the '87 series kind of already beat itself to death. Like, what new story could they possibly have to tell? So I mean, yeah. So yeah, this definitely you know, it was only, Spencer it was only 193 episodes, man. There's, yeah, there's man. still so much more. There's, there's still so much <laughs> more to be told in this tell where we can't ever kill the shredder, and he. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, like it, it. Granted, it could you know completely ignore later seasons, like it could completely ignore Red Sky and all that. Um, we don't know when it's set in 87 too, but I mean, like I said. Eric Burnham is a fantastic writer, so I really, I, I wholeheartedly trust what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, no, like, like he could tell the same story we've got a hundred times, the best we've ever had it told. It's just the same. I don't, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to do that. Because like if, if right. like I said, if you've ever read the Ghostbusters books, they are not what you would expect. <laughs> yeah, like I they're about like... busting ghosts, but he I mean... get he gets it. If he wrote Shredder in Hell, I really loved Shredder in Hell. However, the Ghostbusters crossovers, I didn't really care for. So I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on him, but that's just me. Right. Yeah, I'll wait for it to come out before I. But I think some of it's just because I have very little interest in the Ghostbusters. So. I mean, that is also fair. Yeah. But anyway, oh, cool. All right, so last bit of kind of changing gears here. Uh, rather than talking about the news, there's this little game that came out recently. You may have you may have heard about it. You may have heard us mention it on this very show. Uh, so we all played Shredder's Revenge. Came out on Friday the 16th. Uh, I finally beat it today before we recorded tonight. Have you guys beaten the game yet? Yeah. Yes. So this, this is going to be. I haven't played arcade at all. I haven't. Oh I, yeah, I I haven't only, I've only beaten, I've only beaten the, the story mode. I mean, the arcade is just the the levels yeah yeah it's not offering any different um so this is kind of be our official unofficial review um yeah, so I, mean, I, do, I do want to do an episode about it i just kind yeah of... i would love to too like i want to i want to do a full episode on it uh so just kind of some quick impressions then um uh, i beat the game as april she was my main uh she's the only one i got up to level 10 uh who did you guys beat the story as michelangelo uh, let's see. I played with Donatello until he got to level ten. Then I switched to Raph. Then for the last level, I went back to Donatello. So. Yeah, and so I had I haven't been able to play with Mike, but I was able to play with Keith. And then from our Discord, I was actually able to play with Hornet Box. I I think it's Clint, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, Clint, if that's you, buddy, uh, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Like I. I think you told us or someone did and you joined and then I forgot because there's so many different usernames in there. I can't remember. I can't keep everyone straight. But yeah, I do want to I do want to set up a night where uh, six of us can play. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the three of us and then three people from the Discord server. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so other some, some quick impressions. Uh, there's a lot of fun references in there. Um, uh, I like it. It took me. I think collectively, I think my actually, let me see how long my Switch says that I played. <laughs> the three of us are playing it on the Switch. Um, it has been pretty buggy. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Yeah, like when I'm trying to go multiplayer, sometimes it just crashes. Mm -hmm. Or like, uh, 
I, Spencer, when, when Spencer and I were playing together, we fought Groundchuck and like I hit him and he was in his like stun animation, but he was still like shooting horns at us, which was kind of weird. Yeah, so that happened a lot when I tried to play. Um, it's it, it it's been pretty rough trying to do multiplayer matches, um, especially on the Switch. I think the Switch has had the most trouble and bugs. Um, so right now the developers are saying that like, hey, like we're putting out you know, the bug fixes are the focus before any kind of DLC. Yeah, there was a patch put out today, I think. Uh, yeah, there was a patch. Uh, I think it was last night. Oh. Um, and so I downloaded that and it does it does run better. I haven't noticed any of the same errors, um, but I was getting like really bad connecting issues um, with like bef- before this patch. So I, I got I to gotta play it some more. I didn't get to finish the game with, with a team of six like I wanted to, um, but I've got more characters to level up, so I can't wait to play again. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to get everybody up to level 10. I went up in difficulty and enjoying it a bit more. So it's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think next time we'll be able to talk about like, you know, tier lists and we'll we'll do a full review and and references we've noticed. And I gotta say, I you know, so I beat it with Donatello. I unlocked Casey, and Casey is such an improvement over Donatello. I'm like, I'm never gonna play Donatello again. So, I mean, as of right now, Casey's the only seven-star rating character. Yeah, but, like, so the Everybody thing that Donatello... Had, so he's already more powerful. The thing Donatello had going for him was, like, his standard special actually, like, sucked people into it. But then Casey does the exact same thing. And he's faster. And he's got the same range. Like, why would I ever play as Donatello again, you know? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I get you there. I I haven't really touched it that much since playing through story. Uh, you know, I've played a little bit with Casey. Uh, I played like some with Keith. Uh, well, actually, I don't think I played with Keith after being story. I think I. Nah, it was like the first night it was out. Me and you yeah. Played. Oh, that's yeah. what happened. I I went out and I I finished getting the the collectibles and the levels for the missions, which resulted in just points. Anyway. Yeah, that yeah. was a little disappointing. Um, But yeah, we'll talk about all that in our full review episode. Um, I do want to get it on Steam next. Um, It's currently on sale, so I'm like, I'll probably pick that up um, because I want to see how it runs on the Steam Deck and then play with people on Xbox because they're having less problems uh, with the PC version. Hmm. So I guess that's hopefully hopefully by the next time we we uh, we record, I might have that done. All right. That's awesome. I gotta say, I think there's still enough there to make a full DLC. It'll, it'll be all mutants, right? You have Mono Gecko, Mutage Man, Ace Duck, Muckman, full mutant patch. Yeah, we'll, we we can talk about that next time. Definitely. Um, but yeah, if you guys, uh, we've asked before, let us know again where you're playing the game. Uh, join the Discord if you guys want to set up like a game night. We can all do that. Um, I don't know how to stream it to Twitch yet. So, so uh, well, I'll figure that out and hopefully we can set up something there. Um, but again, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We love you. We thank you so much for coming back every week. Um, and it's just been, it's been fun lately. There's been a lot of good engagement like there always yeah. is. Um, and I just, I never get tired of doing this. Like, 
sometimes I get I, I, I'm like I gotta watch these episodes because I don't I know I'm not gonna like them but I love being able to talk about them and hanging out with you guys and then like people tell us they listen and I really love it and yeah yeah well and it's you know it's fun kind of being the peanut gallery on them <laughs> yeah you know I'm I'm actually really enjoying the 87 series even though it's gotten like <laughs> like a dredge <laughs> I mean it's all the same episode but it like, has reignited new. You know, it has like reignited my love for classic turtles. Yeah, it's and it's something I haven't seen before. Like I'm, I feel like I'm discovering new territory every other week, so that's fun. Yeah, because I know I've never seen the Red Sky seasons, other Same. than like maybe an episode or two. But I don't remember enough to be like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. Like whereas I'm kind of doing that with episodes we watch now. So like I'm, I'm very excited to get into Red Sky. Yeah. But we um, continue on, uh, Spencer. What are we gonna do next week? Next week, we're going to cover issues 21 and 22 and 23 of volume three, because we're getting really close to finishing it. Yeah, so that'll actually be up until the original ending, right? Yeah. So it's untitled, untitled, and finale? Question mark? Question mark. I mean, the the old finale, yeah, which wasn't... Yeah, finale, really question finale. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't really... Yeah. Uh, yeah, when, when you find out where we leave off, you'll be like, why did they cancel this book? <laughs> I can't, I can't wait. So again, guys, let us know somewhere in the, on the internet, Ninja Turtle Power Hour at, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and yeah. Cool. Thank you guys again so much for listening. That's our show. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Hello at last, man. Thought they'd never leave. <laughs>
you know, because I would be on schedule to finish this comic before uh, before uh, Armageddon game starts. Yeah, or, you know, before that gets going, and that way we can be done with that. So then we just gotta make a we just gotta make up like a playlist for like what uh, what issues to read because we're gonna read them. So like, are we gonna read the um, the pregame or the the yeah, the pregame book that came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we can do that. So, isn't isn't that just the one that puts the annuals together? Yeah, oh. but I, yeah, it's like so we can kind of get everybody caught up to that too. Yeah, yeah, we can just start with that. That's fine with me. Okay. Cool. All right. Same order as always. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. Do I get finale. Finale. All right, gents, hop off here. Yeah, oh boy. I stayed up till 2 a.m. watching Obi-Wan, so I'm beat. (laughs) All right, take care, guys. All right, bye. Bye. Totes. Uh, I'm way too old to be saying totes. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, You are. (laughs) Even I don't say that. (laughs) Oats. I meant to say oats. Oats my goats. Oats my goats. Totes my loats. Guys, uh, I have something disgusting to share, but I think it's amazing. And is uh, it baby related? Is not. I have something disgusting with that though. If you want to hear about that, uh, yes, as a palate. Give me both. Let's okay. Have both yeah, let's do both. Uh, so uh, <laughs> new peak fatherhood. A baby pooped in my hand today. Nice. It was fun. Yeah, Get, walking her to the bath and just. Right, right, my other little hand. That was fantastic. And then uh, the other thing, I for the last like four or five days have not been able to hear out of one of my ears. Mm. So I went to the doctor, uh, and I could like feel like there was something in there, and it's a big ball of wax. And so they used like a spray <laughs> bottle and cleaned it all out. And man, I had a I had a <laughs> wad of wax in there the size of a golf ball. That's <laughs> that's kind of an exaggeration, but less of an exaggeration. Than I well, it's. To be. It's hilarious because I'm literally, I was literally cleaning my ears just now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> like, so you started saying it, I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, it was huge. And then I was like, hey, while you're doing that, do the other one. And now I can hear, I can't believe how much stuff I was missing out hearing. Like the whole world's like an ASMR video. Oh, it's crazy. Right now. Oh, it's man. Crazy. You're it's hearing insane. in 2020? Sorry? Did you have 2020 hearing? I had 2020 hearing, yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I, I like turn on the faucet in the in the kitchen. I'm like, oh my god, it's so loud! Like everything's <laughs> so loud today. I, I had a headache. I had to take some medicine. I was like, oh man, <laughs> turn it down. Yeah, I know. Stop that baby from crying. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I so apparently I've been sleeping with my good ear on the pillow and my bad ear up. So like I haven't been able to hear anything at night. So like last night I heard every noise my daughter made. I was like, oh my god, go to nice. bed. <laughs> This is riveting bonus content for everybody yeah. right now. It is. I highly recommend getting your ears like professionally cleaned out. It's not comfortable, yeah. but man, I, I I was missing a lot. Like the entire frequency range of hearing is back. Yeah, I've had it happen. I've had him do it for me once, and it was it was a game changer. But it's been a while. Yeah, might be time to get my ears professionally cleaned once again. There you go. You don't want to do it too often because it can make you the inner ear wall sensitive um mm-hmm. 
and you do need like wax for like natural protection but yeah like if it becomes a problem where you can't hear stuff then yeah obviously get get your ears cleaned yeah yeah Um, yeah so there's also that like nerve in in your ear that like touches like the inside of your mouth it's like when you scratch it it's like ah it's good i don't know if you guys ever experienced that i have and i know other people have so not weird anyway great bonus content this week guys yeah fantastic <laughs> good thing we didn't have this that. before we push record so yeah glad. yeah <laughs> yeah we had we had a decent turtles discussion before we hit play <laughs> Well, I figured we'd kind of maybe, you know, and go then we hit play and, and then it's earwax. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, man, it's a freaking life changer. Because oh, now yeah. I'm hearing like myself talk even better. I'm like, yeah. wow, I, piercing baritone I have here. All right. You already get into it? Yes, yeah, sir. Like- <clears throat>